Welcome to Sundoku Book Club, where we finally get around to the books that have been sitting on our shelves for forever. I'm Leif Nelson. And I'm Emily Miner. And today, it is 2020. (laughs) 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 And starting the year... uh, The decade. The decade, fashionably late. Uh, Technically the week that it's supposed to come out, but... Wait. <laughs> I think we should just stop acknowledging like when it was supposed yeah. to be out. Just be lucky that you're getting anything at all. Except <laughs> yeah. your filth, your slop. Oh my god. Let's let's talk about something else. Talk about the book. <laughs> what did you read? Um I read a book called Fall of Gods, and technically it has a semicolon, no, a colon. She is gone. Because it's the first in a book series. Um, and this book has a bit of a journey because it I discovered it about 2013, 2014. I don't remember when exactly. Um, back when I more, um, more consistently checked um, concept art blogs and stuff, I was really into... Honestly, I had just gotten like a computer and I was looking for a bunch of cool wallpapers and I went to concept art stuff and found a lot of cool art. And I ended up following, um, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you could call it a blog or what, called conceptartworld.com that would just host different, like every week they would have a different artist and they would just showcase their stuff. And there um, I discovered an artist named Jan Ditlev, probably butchering his last name. Um, who had a bunch of cool artwork. Um, As you could probably guess from his last name, he is from somewhere in Scandinavia. I can't remember where. (laughs) I thought you were just ending it there. He is from somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Legend has it he's from someplace. But uh, a lot of the artwork that he had was just, it was generic art, like concept art. It wasn't for a specific project or anything. It was just stuff he had done. Um, or at least I had thought because he had like a scene of Ragnarok with um, Thor and the gods like fighting trolls at, in the end of days from Norse mythology. It had some just like kind of cool portraits and fantasy stuff. Really liked it. I ended up like emailing him a bit to see if I could get some art prints of it. And uh, he said that they weren't available, but he would let me know if they ever did. And he's never emailed me, so I assume they never were. <laughs> um yeah which is fine uh but i later learned that the reason probably that there were no prints available is because they were actually concept art for a this book fall of gods um which is not like a story from norse mythology it is like it's just a fantasy world based on norse mythology so there are gods there is thor and odin um and frigg and others um, but they are not the gods that we have because there's like, there, there are trolls, but there are also troll people called Jotnar and all these things. I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's a fantasy world. Uh, I liked the artwork that was concept art for it and I thought it looked cool. Um, it was kind of selling itself as a sort of, um, Basically, like a cinematic novel, mm-hmm. I think is what it was selling itself as. And so uh, I ended up kickstarting it. I think it was like $50 or so for it. Um, 
And yeah, I don't know. It was just really interesting. I used to be very into Kickstarter as well. And so these two kind of like just concept art and Kickstarter merged at the right time for me that I was super into it. Um, and I, I was going back to check, like double, double check dates to see how long I've had this, or at least when I kickstarted it, apparently it came out in 2015, um, which means I either kickstarted it in 2015 or 2014. I can't quite remember. Um, but I thought in my mind, I was like, oh man, this was like one of the last things I kickstarted. Cause I don't, I used to, I, 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 in my mind, I had kickstarted a lot of things, um, but then I, when I double checked, this was the second thing I kickstarted, and I've only ever kickstarted like five things. Um, it just felt like a lot more because I would almost like every other day go to Kickstarter and like scroll through projects and check out like comic stuff and art and video games and other things. So I, I was just on the site a lot and wasn't spending as much money as I thought, which is good, I guess. <laughs> Honestly, that's can I that's so interesting to me that like that's how you ended up coming across this book because mm-hmm. I've literally never ever done that. What do you mean? Like anytime I've seen something from Kickstarter it's because like somebody shared something or like Right. somebody's trying to pay for their medical bills. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not Kickstarter. That'd be GoFundMe. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Duh, sorry. But either way, like, I've literally never just scrolled through Kickstarter. Oh, my gosh. I loved it so like, much. Like, I don't think I've ever just been like, I'm going to go see what's on Kickstarter. Yeah. I don't think I've ever scrolled through the website. I think I've seen, oh, this thing, they're trying to kickstart it or whatever. Like, was Noel, was anything from Noelle Stevenson a Kickstarter at one point? I don't think so. I think... Uh, Nimona was just a webcomic okay. that then got picked up. Then truly, like, I I don't think I've interacted with it hardly at all. Gotcha. And I know that you have gotten, a, like, I know that you still, like, sometimes go there, right? N- yeah, not very often. Like, maybe every couple months or so. Yeah. Just to check on things. There's a um, uh, comics publisher I follow named Spike Trotman. Um, Iron Circus, I think is the name of her publishing company. Iron Circus comics um she runs a lot of her stuff through uh kickstarter although at least that's where she got started she has a lot of her own like just picking people up but she like publishes um anthology comics through kickstarter which i always think are cool and i haven't gotten one yet um just because none of them have super grabbed at me but someday she'll pick a topic that i really want because i think she picks really cool artists but um actually real quick i want to stay on kickstarter because i Part of me being around there was that I got to experience the Pebble debacle. Do you know what the Pebble is? You're going to have to tell me. The Pebble is a, it was kind of, I don't think it was, I don't know if it was necessarily the first, but it was basically the first smartwatch. Oh. It it was like, it was like the first thing that was like, hey, you know, like Fitbits, but more. Um, and it was a pretty simple design. Um cheap ish i think like and it was a, called the pebble yeah okay. it was like yeah that was like the brand just, i can't remember making sure here and it got kickstarted it was super big like got talked about in a lot of tech blogs and stuff like that um and then when it came out people were disappointed because it was basically just a fitbit but better like with a touchscreen and stuff like that and then it got completely overtaken by 
Apple and whoever else is making smartwatches these days. Yeah. So it, I don't know. It was just interesting when I used to be in on the the Kickstarter drama when like, oh my gosh, they got five million dollars and then they just took the money and ran or whatever. Like, I don't I don't know if anything that wait, big. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, wait, is that what they did? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, you could argue that Star Citizen did that. Their video game that got a bunch of money, and then and said their game was going to come out in like 2013, I think. And they are still getting money, not through Kickstarter, but just their own. Oh, right. Like, you told me about this, mm-hmm. that like, this is like, they just still haven't really put out anything. Yep. Because originally it was just going to be a, like a Starfighter sci- sci-fi game. And then it turned into like, they started splitting it up. Like, we're going to make a first person, like, narrative, like a single store, single player narrative game with like, actors like Mark Hamill and John Reese davies and all these other people to do motion capture stuff for it. And then we're going to do this other game that's open world and you can play with other players, but it's, and it's kind of an MMO, but it's kind of not. And now we're going to add uh, first person shooter elements. And now you can go onto planets and all this stuff is being added. Mm-hmm. And it's now the next decade and it has not come out and they do not have like, an end date for when it's going to come out. Do they, are they saying that that like, is it literally like they disappeared, or are they still <coughs> claiming that they're working on it? Oh no, they're still working on it. Like, they they make updates and things like that. But how many people are working on this? A fair few. I think over a hundred. Like it's a video game. It's like a pretty big. They've got two studios, I think. How is it taking them this long? can't see me shrugging listener but i am okay whatever moving on (laughs) this book was not one of those projects (laughs) because they took my money and they gave me a book and that's what i asked for (laughs) i also got an art print from it one of those um uh one of those art pieces that i thought was cool from before but it was tiny it's like a i don't know eight by five It, it something you would maybe put on a uh, tack board or something like mm-hmm. that, not something you would like want to postcard. Frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It still looks cool. I don't know where it is now. It's been a couple years, because as I said, I got that in 2015, um, and unfortunately, in 2015, at least when I got it, it was too late. I like was done with my concept art phase and like wasn't super into it. So I got it and I thought like, okay, it's cool, and I set it up on a shelf, and it is almost five years later yeah. now. Um, and it's this, in our intro, we talk about how we finally get to the books that have been on our bookshelves. This has been on multiple bookshelves because it's been in three different uh, apartments and houses. So it's it, it's it's moved around a little. And it's always been on our, my bookshelf because I have more books than I have space for, like on the one bookshelf I have. Um, and so... Sometimes I take books that probably should get donated or I just know I'm not going to get to reading them anytime soon and I just put them in like a box somewhere, put it in an attic or something. And this has stayed on the bookshelf because I've like thought every time like I I move, I'm like, okay, this is going to stay here. I need to read this sometime and I just never have. Um, And I'm kind of afraid, similar to uh, when... We talked about the cracked D textbook mm. that just overall that time has passed because when I read this, I was not a huge fan 
of it. Um, yeah, you need to read these things when you're in the yeah. when you're when you want it, right. when you like it. Yeah, uh, lesson learned. So we're just going to cancel the podcast. <laughs> we're just going to read all the books as yeah. soon as we get yeah. them. Yeah, lesson learned. <laughs> Roll credits on the podcast. We lasted a year. That's great. Uh, we we lasted we lasted a year at continuing to put things off. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry. But no more. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, we are still putting things off because, uh, I don't know. This. I mean, I know why I didn't like the book. Mm-hmm. Because it was kind of boring. Yeah. Um, so, but, I and I can outline why, but I don't want to be just like super negative sure. all the way through. Um, but I'm still going to be pretty negative <laughs> because... <laughs> There's, I don't know, like, I think, so just a quick outline, the story follows uh, Volley, I'm probably mispronouncing that game, a name again, but Volley, who's like an, an ex-soldier who's living in the woods with his wife, who comes home and finds that the house has been ransacked and she's been taken. So he's chasing after her. It's the she is gone part. Yes, yeah. that is the she is gone part. Okay. Um... And he's following her, and um, you kind of get an idea of the world that he's living in. It's fantasy. It's obviously fantasy, Scandinavia. Um, all the names and such are very Scandinavian. And it's a world populated by humans and Jotnar. And Jotnar are kind of like troll people or orcs, mm-hmm. if you want to think about that. There, it seems like as this is going on, because he like he always has like small little like encounters like with um, the populations as he's like traveling through. Because he and his wife moved far away from civilization, specifically to just like get away from it all. Because he like was this berserker soldier who like would lose his mind and like just destroy people. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about how she saved him, like she like convinced him to stop going back to that sort of life um and pulled pulled him out to the wilderness where they were living until she gets taken and he he's coming back he's he's gotta he's gotta bring the rage back he talks about the rage capital r a lot and how it kind of takes over his mind um and it's it's just kind of boring because it's just very much like have you ever seen like John Wick or Taken or literally any like old guys in <laughs> retirement and then something happens to him and he's got to kick ass and like pull out a secret gun stash isn't, or whatever? Isn't there that line from the John Wick movies? I swear to God, I just saw a YouTube video that like put in this clip from it mm-hmm. where Keanu Reeves is like, they asked me if I'm back. Yeah. And I, I didn't know. But I guess I'm back. Yeah, <laughs> or like yeah that. basically. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so, back to the range. Yeah. So Volley's back, and it it it, it doesn't feel very new. It like it, it feels like it's taking a modern like revenge story and just putting it in fantasy Scandinavia, and also the writing itself is boring, like. It's not just that nothing is happening because he arrives at a lot of places, but he doesn't do a lot of things. He mm. sees it happen 
and he doesn't want to interfere. So, like, he comes to a village, and they've also had someone stolen, and they find a Jotnar, and they're, like, basically lynching it. Um, yeah. Uh, there, there's, like, a racism. Are they, like, intelligent beings? Yes. Okay. Cool. Yes. So there is, like, a racism element to it, um, which, like, the author acknowledges. It's not like they're just, I don't know. Uh, blatantly, like... I mean, they are blatantly well, sure. like making this kind of like parallel, but whatever. But instead of like lynching, it's like a burning, like a witch burning, I guess. Um, and he and Volley knows that it, it had nothing to do with it because it, he, he determined that it was humans who have been taking all these people. Um, so he doesn't rescue the Jotnar, but he does kill it like, uh, um, what's the word? Like a mercy killing. Like he he like steps through the crowd and like slashes its throat and steps away before anyone notices so that it will die a quick death and other stuff. What the hell? Yeah. Um, um wait. I don't like this person. No, he's not a good person. Yeah. You're, like not that this like uh exonerates him, but he's supposed to be an anti-hero. Like he's mm. kind of like I don't care about the rest of the world it's all about. Like I just want my wife back. And so he does that. He like he goes to a big city place where he meets his father-in-law, who never liked him. Blah blah blah. Then goes to the the reservation, not the reservation. The the maybe it's called the reserve. I can't remember. But it's a it's a big place that's been walled off, where they pushed like Jotnar and like a bunch of old big monsters, like trolls and stuff. Um, basically all the magical stuff into this area. Gotcha. And he has to go in there because that's where his wife was taken, obviously, and that's where the rest of the adventure takes place. Like I said, not a lot is happening. He's just sort of, like, going places. But the writing is boring because there is no dialogue. There's no... um, it's all talking. exposition. It is all ex- so. It's all him telling you this, and like he tells you, the king told me this, and I said this. So it's basically like a travel journal, kind of. Okay. Yeah, but like, but there's never even like quotation marks. It's not like right. Sure. Right. 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 I yeah. get it. But like, literally, just like, and then this happened, and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's just like it's just. It feels, like, very distant and, just to repeat myself, boring because not a lot's happening and you're describing that nothing in a very boring way. (laughs) Like, it doesn't feel like... Like, there's a scene where he's being chased by, like, these tiny, like, gremlin creatures and, like, the image is kind of cool because he's, like, running through the snow and there's, like, you can see all these eyes in the darkness and then, like, small figures, like, crawling forward. And that's one of the images I do like. Um, but the description is just like, I saw them all around me. Um, and then the next, and then you see a full page spread of him running away from him. And then the next page is just like, after I dealt with them, basically, like I'm summarizing, but he's Mm. also summarizing. So it just doesn't feel like anything is happening. It feels like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like now is a good time to acknowledge that you bought this book based on the concept art and the concept, you know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. like, 
as a concept, maybe it could be interesting. And did you like the art? No. <sighs> oh. <laughs> well, never mind. <laughs> the art is obviously like very well done technically. Mm-hmm. But it's also like the art style is an art style that is pretty common for concept art. Um, it's similar to photo bashing. Do you know what that is? Mm-hmm. Photo bashing is where usually concept artists, but other people too, will make art. They will make like simple sketches and then they will use Photoshop to like find images online and then just apply like textures to the stuff that they drew. So you make you draw a raven in the pose you want and then you find 10 pictures of ravens, like more probably more like 50, and then you cut and paste different aspects of ravens from the different positions you want and put them on the image to make it look more realistic. Mm, and there's okay. lots of tricks to this. Like... No, but actually, because I flipped through the book a couple mm-hmm. of days ago, just I didn't read anything. I was just curious about what the art looked like before we would do the episode. And what you're describing now makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. it looks like photo realistic kind mm-hmm. of but you can tell that it's not a photograph right. yeah okay mm, that makes a lot more sense so that's the kind of art style that's in here for the most part um it's pretty consistent like i'm never really searching through like oh i don't know who is who but the art is mostly boring like it's mostly like it's it's one side of the so you open the book on the left side there will be writing on the right side there will be a picture or vice versa and most of the time he says something and on the right hand side there's a picture of that like he says he shows up in a village well here's a picture of that village i was walking through the snow here's a picture of the snow and him in the snow and stuff like that not a lot of can i see like there's not like there's no interplay between them. It's not like he says something and then the picture gives us like more to work from. Sometimes he'll reference something that hadn't happened in the past and the image will be of what happened in the past. And so that's like kind of interesting, but not really. Like it's just if you could only read one side or the other, I'm not saying you would get the whole idea of what happened if you just looked at the pictures, but you get the, you'd get most of it. Also, a lot of the art is just really dark, so it's hard to make out details. I'm just not wild about it is all. Like, yeah, it's totally, like, technically good. Right. You know what I mean? But stylistically, like, it doesn't say anything to me. Yeah. It's so, kind of generic. Yeah, and, and I think part of that is because it's so realistic and it's so sticking with the, like, kind of concept art style because concept art is usually like you can find concept art of like um fantasy movies or uh avatar the james cameron avatar Mm -hmm. and this is just like when they're in the pre-production phase they're like we get a bunch of artists we tell them what the world is like give them some parameters and then they just make art for it and that's part of like pitching it to production companies and other stuff like that whatever but part of that is like kind of making like not exactly like concept art is not usually about like action scenes or like interesting things happening it's sh- it's supposed to like be showing interesting worlds 
like uh like if you think about any miyazaki movie like and like the interesting architecture those would be like perfect for concept art because it like kind of like makes your imagination go wild Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what this art does but only at the beginning it gives you ideas of what's going on but i want more than just like the vague feeling of the world that i'm in when i'm reading a book and i don't need like everything written out i don't need to know like the currency and the like every nitty bitty greet nitty gritty detail but i do want like something more than just and here's this landscape with a person in the foreground and here's this landscape with a tiny person on a mountain like that just gets boring it that that's just like it'd be like if the lord of the rings was just like narration and those helicopter shots when they're like marching along the hills like and it's frodo's voiceover just telling you and then we faced a balrog and gandalf fell down the chasm and he told us yeah to go yeah we went and (laughs) it's just yeah it's just very it feels very distant the writing makes it feel distant because it's in it's a first person it's told in first person but it's all in past tense and it it's just and this and this happened and this happened and this happened and the art is just what happened like it it just it's not offering anything new yeah um and i think most of the time i just sort of was like disappointed in what was going on the story is not particularly interesting. Not a lot happens. This book is only a hundred pages, and if you remember how I said half the pages were writing and the other half were art, that means it's only like fifty pages of story happening, and the writing is not the text does not take up most of the page. So it, it, it's it is like the length of an easy reader almost. Not an easy reader, like um. Magic Treehouse. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. about that length. Um, but I like the Magic Treehouse, and I don't like this. <laughs> Magic Treehouse is great. It was amazing. Um, but... And, by the way, has decent illustrations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, just overall, it was just pretty disappointing. And then I got to the end, and I kind of was thinking, like, wait a second, I haven't seen the art that I really liked for this stuff. Like, it referenced ragnarok's like things but i didn't see ragnarok and i was just like confused about that i was like doing a bit of googling couldn't really find anything i wasn't like going super deep into it and then i kept going past the end of the book which obviously has like a minor ish not a cliffhanger but it has like a hook to the next book because something is unleashed at the end of this one like we're gonna have to start dealing with that later Basically, this whole thing should have just been the prologue. Like, this should have been the first chapter of a real book. And at the end of it, they kind of, like, they give, um, there's kind of, like, a, what's the, a postscript by the author, um, which I don't think I've listed any of them so far. So let me do that. I know I've been kind of trashing it, but still. Uh, Rasmus Berggreen and uh, Michael Vogt, or Voigt. V-O-G-T. Think Voigt, yeah. It's usually, isn't it? Uh, I have a teacher at my school right now who goes by Vote. Oh, so okay. I don't know. Um, oh, I don't know why I turned it like that, because I need to read it. 
Um, and I was reading through it, and it was just, it, like, a lot of the stuff that's being said made sense to me of, like, why I, it didn't, like, grab me. Because they are a studio that does concept art, and then we're like, hey, we should, like, they've been, they've been sketching on the side, and they're like, hey, we should, like, make our own story, and then just make that a book. Um, and it basically felt like they they basically started by doing a bunch of concept art, didn't have a story plan. They were just like, let's just make the world of this. And then they wrote a story that would fit within the world. And I like that. That sounds cool. Like that sounds like a fun idea, mm-hmm. but it like, and it just didn't work and that's fine. Maybe the next book, whoever has read that thinks that's really great or improved, whatever. Um, it just didn't work for me. And then there was a section at the end that made me mad. So I'm going to read that. Um, As we tried to imagine this world, we quickly realized that not many books looked like ours. We are somehow in between a graphic novel, an illustrated book, and a novel. Uh, We have strongly tried to embrace this and use it as a strength so that story and illustration supplement each other on every spread. I've always wanted to make such a book where the illustrations were part of the storytelling and not just pretty pictures. And all I can say is, like, they completely failed (laughs) in that, in my opinion. And this is in no way a graphic novel. Yeah. Like, so they say that it's it's somewhere in between a graphic novel, an illustrated book, and a novel. It's just an illustrated book. It's just an illustrated book. It's not a graphic novel. It's not long enough to be a novel. Right. Like, it's a graphic novel, like... It's a very specific medium. Yeah. Like, there's graphic novels that have art, but no, like, text. And there's, like, a bunch of stuff that's going on in graphic novels that's and not just words and pictures. And they deal in some way with, like, you know, boxes that you're drawing within. It's Yeah, it's sequential and, art. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even when it's not, it's like you're clearly breaking that for a purpose. Yeah. So like, and I'm not saying, so like the style of this book is basically like each page is a scene. And so on the left hand, there's the writing of what happened in that scene. And on the right, there's the picture of that scene. I'm not saying that like a comic book or graphic novel couldn't just be like every single page is a single panel and it has its own thing going on. But like, there's a sense of continuity in a graphic novel or a comic book that is just not here. Yeah. Like, there is just no sense of, like, flow or continuation from one picture to the next. It's just... Just new. Picture, 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 picture. Just because they're in order doesn't mean that, like, I experience it Right. Doesn't mean they speak to each other, right. Mm -hmm. Right. And, yeah, like, that just, like... And I, like, maybe English... I'm not sure if... um, Michael Vogt is necessarily a English as a first language type person. So maybe that like... Maybe this is like an issue of translation or... Yeah, maybe. I don't think it is because it's pretty... Like everything is written very well as far as I can tell. Um, I don't think that's an issue. It just seems like it... it Like at its worst, I assume it's just like latching onto a buzzword. Like graphic novels are cool and dark and edgy. And this is a dark, we have edgy pictures, book. right, yeah. We're pushing the medium in a new direction. It's like, eh, it's just sort of... Eh. Okay pictures with an eh bad story. story. Yeah, bad story, okay. Like, yeah, it's just... 
yeah, it's it's just not good. Um, at the end of the book, after that postscript that made me mad, uh, it had all the the artwork. It had a bunch of like the concept art where I started recognizing some of the mm-hmm. stuff that had grabbed me before. And I have to say, you can't like I. I can't think of what we talked about this in, but like if you're reading like any book or a fantasy or you've seen a trailer for a movie, like if you think of any time there's like a scene or something that's like promised but never happens, that's what these concept this concept art feels like because it has those just here's like the landscape with someone like looking on and that's fine when it's just concept art, but when it's like in a book it feels boring, but there's also like action scenes and like like there are all these monsters and like just giant things that like are enormous and there's like no way a human being could ever fight them but it's showing that like people are trying to fight them and that's an interesting story that just did not happen um and i was kind of wondering why that didn't happen and then i realized oh yeah some of that stuff that i thought was really boring and was like skimming through was when he was talking about in the past when we killed these monsters and it's like you came up with this amazing world and then you decided that's the backstory for this world when in reality it should have been the other way around you should have had oh my God. this like little story that was backstory to your world about like fighting giant monsters yeah and i don't know it just i there's no need to like keep going into it just because like <laughs> i obviously didn't come up with any positive things so <laughs> That's okay. We value honesty here at Sundoku Book Club. Absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, bud. Yeah. Last thing I'll say is that, again, uh, the concept art for this book that is mostly concept art uh, looks better than the art that's in the book because it is more sketchy. And, and dynamic and, and yeah. Yeah. Um, it, the art, um, I'm going to post some pictures of this on the Twitter. So quick plug for Sundoku Pod on Twitter. There's always a link in the description. Um, the art, if you're not going to check that out, I would describe as similar to uh, Jakob Rosalski, who is a concept artist and also does his own illustrations. Um, he did the art for Scythe, the mm-hmm. board game, the kind mm-hmm. of like uh, diesel punk mm-hmm. World War One. I, I see that. Uh, game. Um, it's kind of like that, but Rosalski's art has a definitive like style to it. It's realistic, but sketched or like, I don't know, kind of messy in a way. Um, do you know what this art actually reminds me more of? What? Sorry, but it reminds me of, um, who's the guy who makes the Death Stranding and all of the Metal Gear Solid video games? Hideo Kojima. Yeah, it reminds me of, like, particularly for Death Stranding. It reminds me of the trailer art. Oh, okay. Like, gritty, like, the way that, like, a lot of video games have gone, where it's, like, we now have the ability, like, the technical ability to be so hyper-realistic. Right, exactly. But it's, like, obviously, this is not just a photograph. Like... This is There's like an uncanniness to it. Exactly. And like that's kind of how this rem- what remi- this reminds me of. And also like sort of the dark 
gritty, edgy, earthiness mm-hmm. of it. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like that kind of thing is cooler in a video game where you get to play it. <laughs> yeah, where you get to, like, explore the environment around you. Yeah, but even... But even... And this, this is just me. And I'm sure that other people feel really differently. But, like, well, that video game art looks cool. Yeah. I'm also kind of bored by it. Like, I... Not to, I don't know. I am this person. I'd rather play a Zelda game that's like more cartoony. I think it's more interesting. Yeah. I think it's cooler looking. Like, I don't need something to look hyper realistic. Mm-hmm. I'm so. trying to think if there's a video game I can think of that is like realistic but still has like a style. And honestly, the only one I can think of is um, it's the more recent Far Cry game. Do you know okay. the Far Cry games? I, not really. I mean, like, I know the name, but mm-hmm. no. I, I want to say it's New Dawn. I can't remember, but it's, like, post-apocalyptic. Most of the games are very realistic, like, take place in the real world. And then one of the games ends with, like, a nuclear explosion. And so this takes place after that. And all the colors are very bright and, like, mm. kind of alienish. And there's, like, mutated things and whatever. And I think that one has kind of, like... At least from the trailers that I've seen, it looks like it has a style to it beyond just gritty realism. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's just sort of color palette, but I think I think there is a way to do realism with style. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that there is and that we're missing, you know. Yeah, I'm sure there are more examples, right. but that's mm-hmm. the only one I can really think of. Because, yeah, like a vast majority of games, especially like if you're thinking of like first-person shooters or horror games and other stuff. Although the horror games kind of make sense because realism kind of maybe makes it more creepy or uncanny realism but i don't know yeah it depends but yeah. yeah overall um my experience with kickstarter has been very mixed because i'd say i have not loved most of the stuff i've gotten from them. And i don't think that's like a knock against kickstarter because i think it's a very kickstarter is more of like an experience than like a brand because obviously Anyone and everyone can put something up on it. I got this from Kickstarter. I got Steve Lichman from Kickstarter. Did you really? Yeah. That's uh, so good. Yeah. And a real graphic novel. It is. Kids. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't that great. Not for me. We'll see if I ever kickstart something again. I've turned... I'm a humble bumble... Humble... <laughs> Humble bundle, man, now. I'm a humble bumble. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a humble bumblebee. Yeah. Just buzzing my way around. Mmm, look at these deals. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, Alright. Is I that think, it? I think that's it. Okay. I, like, that's alright. I always feel bad when it's like just this negative. Like It's okay. Look, we learn... Maybe sometimes from our experiences, whether they be positive or negative. And now we know maybe don't buy something when, I don't know. I don't know what the lesson here is. I've seen they've put out three more books, one for this and two more for like different worlds. And they all look the exact same. Yeah. So I just think the concept art book that is a story at least from the like in this style not for me so fair enough 
Are we gonna mention that it's your birthday? I think we can. It is my birthday. So for my birthday, I would love it if you would rate and review us (laughs) (laughs) on iTunes. (laughs) Give leave a big old birthday kiss. By rating or reviewing our podcast on any major yeah. You have system. to end whatever review you have and a big old birthday kiss for Lee. <laughs> <laughs> we will shout you out on the podcast if you do that. Oh, 100%. Thank you for the birthday well wishes. Um, do we have something planned for next time? Yes, what we do. We do. And I've already started. Oh, my. I know. Um... I'm going to read uh, Me Talk Pretty One Day by David Sedaris, which is a book of essays, because he is an essayist. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right. It's the new decade. We're going to knock it out of the park. Going to read so many books. It's going to be great. Hell yeah. Thank you so much to Velt Punch for the use of their song Fighting Pose from the album Their Strange Fighting Pose. We already mentioned our Twitter. You can follow us. There's a link in the description. Soon Doku Pod. Soon Doku Pod. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye.